that's a great song, and that has a tremendous message, doesn't it? <clears throat> well, tonight I've asked Brother Josh to come and preach, and so he's going to be sharing with us from the Word of God. So let's open our hearts and open our ears and let the Lord Jesus speak to us tonight. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 1. Man, that was a good song. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. And that was a good message this morning that we heard. I've been thinking about that all day, um, and I really enjoyed that, that message that was given. It was special to me. I don't know about you, but every year, this time of year for the holidays, I don't know by default or accident or... We know the Holy Spirit, he's, he's leading us in a certain direction. He's pushing us in the way that we need to go. And I've locked in this year, it's always something in the Christmas story, but this year it's been Joseph. I've looked at Joseph uh, time and time again. And to hear that message this morning, it really spoke to me in that I was able to take what God has given to me in personal study Uh, in preparation for different Sunday school lessons, uh, Bible reading that I've done personally, and then to use it in the main service and to to point things out that were beneficial to me this this morning. I love that. And it was awesome. The great message that was given this morning, I'm so thankful for that. And I want to do my very best uh, to give one of those messages this evening based upon God's word and what he has provided for us here. I just want to walk through scripture. I we spent some time in Sunday school this morning, and we walked through, man, the verses. I mean, for me, we walked through Luke chapter 2, and I know uh, we're not in line with, I'm not sure what all the adult Sunday school classes are doing, but we walked through in our Sunday school class Luke chapter 2, and those verses are just powerful, and I'm not going to take the time to read them. I want to make sure that we have plenty of time for that budget meeting this evening, so I'm going to get right to it here. Uh, But man, those verses are powerful in Luke chapter 2. And then you got those shepherds there and and what takes place, what transpires there. Man, that's exciting. I want to go a bit off the wall. I wanted to stick with something Christmas. But before we get to Mary and Joseph, before we get to baby Jesus, there's another story that takes place. And that's what we'll read about this evening. We're going to talk about Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth uh, a little bit this evening. And we'll start in Luke chapter 1 in verse number 5. Luke chapter 1, verse number 5. And I want you to take your Bible and you read with me. Because I'm going to take you all the way through verse number 25. Okay? Uh, So you read along with me here. Um, Let's start there in verse... Number five of Luke chapter one. There was in those days of Herod, the king of Judea, a captain priest, I'm sorry, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was 
to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom, wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach, among men. Father, we come to you. Lord, we're thankful for the Bible, your precious, holy, and all-powerful word. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us this evening, uh, this being for us, Lord, the, the Sunday uh, before Christmas. And we want this holiday, this Christmas season, uh, to mean what it truly does, and that, Father, we get not sidetracked, and uh, we would focus totally, wholeheartedly on you, our Savior and Lord. Father, we are so thankful that you sent your only son to come to this sinful, wicked world, uh, to become a Savior for us as sinners. Lord, I pray that you would use this message, use uh, the, the scripture, these words that have been read now, uh, to bring honor and glory to yourself. Father, that you would help us and point us in the direction that we should go. Father, that we would uh, leave this place having bettered ourselves, drawn closer to you. Lord, we need you and love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to talk this evening about the power of a voice. The power of a voice. And when we saw this morning, or what we saw this morning, we will in some ways see the opposite side this evening. Uh, in comparison to uh, the response that was given by Joseph, when the angel showed up. Now, I want to start there, verse number five, moving into verse number six. Let's take a look here early on in those verses we just read. Luke chapter one, let's start in verse number five. The Bible says, There was in those days, uh, uh, those days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abiah, and his wife was 
of the daughter of daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Notice verse number six, and they were both righteous before God. What a testimony. What a wonderful testimony. And when we go through scripture, we see examples given of, of godly men. We see examples given of godly women. I love this. Verse number six, and they were, what's the next word? Both. And they were both righteous before God. I believe we as a church, America today, and we could preach it week in and week out, but how valuable, how very important it is that we as a family together would have the same testimony. Have you ever been there before where you, maybe perhaps the wife is on the mountaintop. She's doing a great job and, and she's, she's consistent and faithful in her walk and man, you're just struggling. It's dry. Maybe you've been reading, you're just not getting anything special. Your wife seems to be doing great, but for you it's just, eh. or Or perhaps you are just having a wonderful time and you can't look, you can't wait to get into the Bible the next morning and the wife is just struggling. It's just kind of one's up, the other one's down. One's down, the other one's up. But together, both, look at their testimony. Together, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Husbands, wives, moms, dads, oh, that we could get on the same page, lock in together the same desires, the same goals. We want to please God. And it's not just the husband fighting the good fight. It's not just the wife trying to do her best. Oh, that we could together, we could work together for a common goal and desire to please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a difference it would make in our churches. What a difference it would make in our country. Both, both of them together. You see, Zacharias, it was... His responsibility, it was his job as priest. He had to be a good guy. He had to be righteous. He had to love Jesus. But I don't believe it was just because he had to. I don't believe it was just because it was his job. I believe there was something real. And I like that word here in the middle of the verse. You know, it's not always about what you say. We all know what to say and when to say it. We can show up to church and we can talk a good talk. But are we walking the walk? And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. I can talk about how much I love Jesus. I can talk about the scriptures and that's important. That is valuable. We'll get there. I just mentioned the title of my message, The Power of a Voice. But are we walking the walk? Are we real, folks? Why are we here today? Why are you in church right now? What was your reason for coming tonight? Well, I, I sing in the choir. I had to be there. Okay, all right. Why are you here? Well, I, uh, Miss Liz texted me and said I got to be in nursery tonight. I really wasn't planning on it, but... Why did you come tonight? Why do you come to church week in and week out? I have to ask myself that. Why am I here? <laughs> if I don't show up tonight, we're not having church because I'm bringing the message. 
<laughs> I gotta be here. No. What? Oh, this is a wonderful place. I love church. And I never want to lose sight of its value and purpose. And we're, here we have a wonderful testimony. We see their walk. They were the real deal. I believe that. Based on the testimony that's given here in Scripture. But notice their want. There's, it wasn't all happy times. They were struggling a little bit. And this is difficult for a couple. This is difficult for, for a wife who, who wants to be a mama. And they had no children because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. You see, they had gotten to the point now where, you know, they had prayed. I believe they had prayed and longed for children. Oh, she wanted a baby of her own, Elizabeth. But it just, it wasn't happening. And now we are at the place where ah, we're just, I guess you'd say they're past their prime. It's probably just not going to happen. It's just not realistic at this point. And I think there was a struggle there. I think they were hurting a little bit. That's a big deal. But can I tell you something? In the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of those heartaches, and that's serious. If you've ever been there before, you, you want a child, it's just not happening. Everyone's, that, that prayer bulletin is just always full. Oh, there, and you're happy. Praise the Lord. It's, but for, for, for that one that wants to have a baby, it's a slap in the face almost. You don't want to be upset for anybody. You want to be happy, but, man, it, it hurts a little bit. Man, but I love in the midst of that, here is their testimony. In the midst of that struggle, they stayed faithful. And there, there, there are things that come our way, difficulties that we face, hardships individually or perhaps as a family. Let's stay faithful. Let's continue fighting this good fight of faith. Don't leave the church. Stay close to this place. Their walk, their want. I continue into verse number 8. Look, and it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, execute, to do something you have planned to do or have been told to do. Execute. And can I tell you, every single one of us here, right here at Community Baptist Temple, under the sound of my voice, whether you are here in person, you're listening via live stream, God has something specific, something personal for you. Are you executing? Are you following? Are you doing what God has for you today? Are you right where you're supposed to be, right here, right now? Does God have something for you and you have gone the complete opposite direction? Are you executing your roles and responsibility here on earth? That's something that I believe that we should be willing to evaluate on a regular basis. You see, we'll find in a moment, I like that word execute there. It says, he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course. According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You see, he's a priest and he has certain and very specific responsibilities. We're going to find in a moment that his responsibilities are going to get a bit more difficult because of, I guess, some shortcomings, some failures in his, in his life or in his response to the angel of the Lord. 
So we'll continue on. We have here a wonderful middle-aged, I guess, up in years, husband, wife, serving God faithfully. A wonderful testimony. But something interesting happens. Something out of the ordinary takes place. And how does Zechariah respond? Verse number 10, let's start there. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. So the priest, Zechariah, is performing his role and responsibility as priest. And there's a group of people outside the temple. Here they are praying. They've gathered together. And then we, we jump on to, verse, on to verse number 11. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Oh, man. Unusual. Out of the ordinary. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And then here we have an, a, a phrase, a couple of words that we hear time and time again throughout the Christmas story. But the angel said unto him, what are these two words? Fear not. Fear not. We hear that time and time again. And when I see this, here it is. Zacharias is doing his job there in the temple, performing his duties, and there, boom, shows, shows up an angel. And this is the way that I picture it in my mind. You see, I don't believe that Zacharias was doing anything wrong. He was cutting some corners on his responsibilities. You know how it is when you're driving down the street and you're doing the speed limit. You're not really sure that you're doing the speed limit. You're doing the speed limit, but you happen to notice there he was sitting in the corner there. You caught him out your peripheral and you quickly look to see how fast you're going. You're like, Ooh, all right, we're good. I hope <laughs> we're good. Or what about this? You, you're, you're, you're going through your daily tasks. You're just walking through life, nothing crazy, nothing unusual, and then all of a sudden you receive a phone call. You, you, your phone starts ringing, and you recognize this number, or you see a name, and they haven't called for years, or perhaps it's someone that you already possibly are worried about, and something down deep inside says, okay, why are they calling? What's going on here? This isn't good. There's going to be bad news at the end. And we immediately go to worst case scenario. This is not good. This is, ah, oh, this is bad. And I believe that's kind of where Zacharias goes for just a split. He sees this angel. He's done this before. He knows what he's supposed to do. He has specific roles and responsibilities. He's doing his job. And the angel shows up and what's wrong? What did I do? And the angel reassures him. The angel says, Gabriel, he says, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Now, I'm not going to take the time to get into it, but that's an issue already. Calling his name John is not normal, okay? But I don't know if that's a problem here with Zacharias or not. We'll find that later in the chapter. But he continues on to, to share with him about his future son. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, verse number 14. And many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. It's not a part of my message, but oh, we as parents should desire that our children are great in the sight of the Lord. 
and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Again, Gabriel speaking. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Uh, but are you sure? <laughs> How? Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Slightly different response from the young man that we heard this morning in Joseph. Remember that obedience? Like, immediate, let's do this, let's go, all right! I don't know. Now, unfortunately for Zechariah, there were no previous examples in Scripture of something like this ever taking place before. Actually not. It had happened quite a few times throughout the Old Testament. We could think of a few examples. I think of Abraham and, and Sarah found themselves in the same situation. Sarah, even, she goes to the point where she, are you serious, right? Really? That's where she goes. And here is Zechariah. He knows the scripture. He knows what's possible. And we've all been there. We've seen God work, but it's so easy to doubt. Are you sure? Really? So here's the response in verse number 19. The angel Answering, said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak and to the day of these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. I'm going to continue reading here just so now that we have this visual aid. We see what's taking place. He's now lost. Zechariah has lost his voice as a result of his response. What he has said to that angel and the lack of belief that this thing, this miracle could even be possible. Now he's lost his very voice. And the people waited, verse number 21. They waited for Zechariah and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. It's like, wow, he's going a little late today. <laughs> the Browns game starts at 1. I got food in the oven. Come on, Zechariah, let's go. What's going on here? Now, he shows up, and I can imagine, I just picture how this takes place. Of course, when he shows up, he can't speak. His voice is now gone. Have you ever... Have you ever actually lost your voice? Like literally, you can't speak at all. It's gone. Not little rough, scratchy voice. I'm talking you lost your voice. I have. And it's weird. It's frustrating and almost, I'm not trying to be a baby, but a little scary. It really is. Nothing comes out. Absolutely nothing. And I don't know if he practiced there inside the temple <clears throat> he knows he's got to release the crowd. I don't know if, if he was just di didn't listen, didn't, uh, assumed everything would be fine, but he shows up and the people are ready to hear Zacharias. 
a little awkward, a little weird. He's lost his voice. It's gone. I want to talk to you this evening about the power of a voice. As far as I can tell, everyone in the room here has a voice. Literal, physical, a voice tonight. What if you lost your voice? And I, I asked my wife, Sarah, on the way into church, we were going back and forth, and I want you to really think about this. If you actually lost your voice, what would you miss most? We take so many things for granted, and bear with me for just a moment. We take so much for granted, but what would you miss the most? Now, take into consideration right now, I guess, the holiday season. What would you miss the most about not having your voice? Maybe getting to speak to, to friends and family you haven't seen in years or uh, uh, a long, long time. Uh, maybe the ability in those moments just to, you know, Christmas Day and everyone's just happy and it's been a wonderful day. You just want to be able to, I love you. Tell your parents you love them. Tell, tell your brothers and sisters you love them. Uh, the, the husband, the wife, the kids. Not possible. Oh, I know, you could write it down. I'm just, you want to be able to verbalize this. It's personal. What would you miss most? Literally, think about it. What would you miss most about not having your voice? Now, let's go with them. Not just talking about church and how we use our voice here at church. And I'm thinking about this man. Remember his role and responsibility. Verse number eight. He was executing the priest's office before God in the, the order of his course. Really not able to properly perform to do his job. As a, can you imagine if Pastor Mark O'Donnell lost his voice? That would be a big deal, right? He uses his voice on a daily basis, and then not to mention the services that are so important with the preaching that we hear week in and week out. That's a big deal. The priest has lost his voice. Let's think about this. He's now about to have a child. Go back in your mind to those moments when you first realized that you were going to have a baby. This is exciting time. This is wonderful. Not to mention, this is something that they have longed for. This is something that they have prayed for. And it's finally happening. And he's got nothing. Rough. Where's this going? Where is this going, Brother Josh? We have a voice today. God's given you a voice. Are you using it for God, for his glory? We need to get back to telling our children we love them. We need to get back to telling our parents, thank you. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. I love you. We need to get back to literally verbalizing those words to our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you. There is something different. I know that we can say it in our mind, but there's something different when you can literally say it out loud. Whether God cares or not, it makes a difference for me when I can say it out loud. We have a voice. And I remember, it was actually just a few months ago, I went to a conference and I lost my voice. It was for about 24 hours, it was literally strained. I could hardly get anything out and you've got people that haven't seen you for months and they want to shake your hand and say hey how you doing how you ah! <laughs> I got nothing and it's frustrating I wanted to be able to talk and hey how you doing how's your ministry doing where have you been what's going on and I couldn't 
I can imagine, you know, there's things I could do if I didn't have a voice. There's certain people that are born, born that way. But you know what? I, I take for granted my ability to pass out a gospel track and invite someone to church. Are you using your voice? That Saturday soul winning opportunity to tell someone about Jesus Christ. Are you using your voice? You see, I don't know if Zacharias took his voice for granted, but it was gone. It was gone and it was going to be gone for quite some time. And I want you to think about that this evening. If you lost your voice, would it even matter? Would it make a difference? Are you that type of witness to your coworkers to where it would, it would matter? It would make a difference. If I stopped talking, you see, the conversation at the workplace is pretty rough. If I stopped talking, it would make a difference. Your soul winning efforts, neighbors, family, and friends, if we lost, literally, physically lost our voice, would it make a difference? Now, I want to take just a moment. I want to fast forward really to the end of this story, right to when Zacharias gets his voice back. And the way that we see it here, and the angel explains it, it's going to, it's going to take you all the way through this pregnancy. When it's all fulfilled and done, you'll get your voice back. He knew that at least. He knew that there would be an end in sight. But I'm curious. When I say voice now, I mean influence, your influence. Do you have a godly influence, a godly voice at the workplace? Dad, do you have a voice, a spiritual voice in the home? I, based on the couple of verses that we'll find here at the end of the story, when Zechariah gets his voice back, remember the power of a voice how to know, how to know, really quick, in conclusion, how to know if you've lost your voice. If you have, as a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad, especially as dads, husbands, to know if we've lost our voice. Have we lost it in the home? Have we lost it in the world in which we live? Do we have a spiritual influence at all? Verse number 63 Luke chapter 1, verse number 63. We fast forward all the way to the end of the story. Here it is. He's getting his voice back. And this is wonderful. Let's take a look and see how, how it all happens. What takes place. What transpires. Verse number 63. And he asked for a writing table. Let me, let me let's see here. Let's back, uh, go back to verse number 63. And I'm going to read verse number 64 as well. Uh, and he asked for a writing table and wrote saying... His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately. And his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. How do you know if you've lost your voice, your spiritual influence on those around you? If you have stopped praising God. Have you stopped praising God? We come to church and sometimes we forget why we sing, why we gather at the altar, why we're here in the first place. But it's not just 
church, we should spend time praising God. Shouldn't only be at church. And sometimes I believe that can be our biggest problem. That the only time we really do praise God is when we are here in this place. We have lost our voice because we're too afraid, too nervous, too scared to verbalize the truth. Praise our Heavenly Father. Speak His wonderful name in a wicked world. Have we stopped praising God? If you have stopped praising God, you may have lost your voice, your spiritual influence. I love this. Backing up, I read the wrong verse here. I wasn't supposed to read this one just yet. But number 63, verse number 63, and he asked for a writing table. You see, there was a debate taking place. They're going to, they're going to give the child a name, and they were going to name him after his father. And mom says, Elizabeth says, no, no, it's John. And they're like, no, 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 there's no one in the family by that name. We're going with Zacharias. That's just how it works. And obviously, he's got to be frustrated. He doesn't have a voice. He's got to be mad. Because he knows it's supposed to be John. He heard this. The angel told him, but he couldn't say anything. And so he was going to do anything. Whatever it takes, give me a writing table. Give me some paper to pen. And he writes it down. His name's John. He writes it down. You lost your voice? may have stopped praising God. How do you know you've lost your voice? You've stopped speaking the truth. It was the truth. It was exactly what was supposed to be. It was the commandment that was given. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John. And they marveled all. What? But he was right. Speaking the truth. Have you ever been sitting at a table? Have you ever been at a family function and there's a debate taking place? Maybe even amongst Christians. Lost, I don't know. And the conversation goes to a place where, yeah, people are throwing their opinions out there. I think this and I think that. And you're thinking, you, you've stayed silent. You're listening and you say, the Bible is very clear on this topic. <laughs> I know exactly what the right answer is here. I know exactly what they need to do. And everyone's arguing and debating, going back and forth. Well, I think, and I, well, I, I thought you should. The Bible is very clear here. Have you stopped speaking truth? Do you know what the truth is? This book, the Bible, is so very important. And you know what? Our world has lost the truth. We as Christians have stopped speaking the truth. Whether it's for fear or just simply ignorance, to the words in this book, we have stopped preaching. We have stopped speaking the truth. Have you lost your voice? Have you lost your influence in your community, at your workplace, in your home, in your neighborhood? Your voice. It's very important. Extremely valuable. This world, your children... They need the truth. The truth that is very clear. Truth that will set you free. It's, the preacher said it this morning. We complicate matters. It's right here in the Bible. How do you know you lost your voice? You've stopped praising God. You've stopped speaking the truth. Perhaps you've stopped preaching salvation. He gets his voice back. Before he got his voice back, he's speaking the truth. He gets it back and he starts praising God. 
And then finally, let's read verse number 68. 68 and 69. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Salvation. This world is in need of salvation. This world is in need of a savior. Have you stopped preaching the gospel? Have you stopped sharing the good news? If you have, maybe you've lost your voice. We as Christians... We have stayed silent, we've cowered to the world, and there's a number of voices out there that are very evil, that go very much so contrary to the word of God. And we must stand up and be a voice for what is right, a voice for truth. Zacharias was up against it for a little while there. I can only imagine how difficult it was in those early stages The baby's on its way, just wanting to share a good word, be able to talk with the wife and enjoy this wonderful time and nothing. Have you lost your voice today? And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you haven't been the witness that you ought to be. You haven't been the dad and the head of the home that you know you're supposed to be. You used to be, but you've lost your voice. You've lost your influence. And in time we'll lose the next generation. Everything seems fine now. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I haven't been pushing family devos like I should, but the kids still love going to church. The kids are still faithful and involved, and they love the children's choir, and they're, they're just killing it in the youth group. It's only a matter of time, Mom. It's only a matter of time, Dad. Have you lost your voice? You see, what did it come from? Verse number 20. Because thou believest not. You know, if there's no conviction, no true belief, I'm going to have a hard time standing for it, preaching about it, talking about it. And you know what? We've got to believe that this right here is worth it. We've got to believe the message that we hear week in and week out is the truth and it is right. It's right here. This book, the Bible, is necessary. And if it's not really that important to me individually, personally, I'll probably stop sharing it, probably stop preaching it at home. My children need this. Macy, she needs the Bible. She needs God's word. She needs a daddy that's gonna step up in this wicked day in which we live. She needs a daddy that You know, when it's busy, we're still going to sit down and we're going to spend some time with Jesus. Hey, it's that time of year. Closing one year down, jumping into another one. 2022. How many more do we have left? How many more do you have left? How many more of these years? How many more of these months, these weeks, these days So time and time again over the last few months, I've been blindsided with folks, family, friends that I know, just crazy stuff. That, that, I haven't been able to get that prayer request out of my mind from Wednesday. That seven or eight year old just didn't wake up. Dad, mom, we've lost our voice and we continue through. We're not promised tomorrow. We've got to take the time that we have right here, right now, and be the voice for God that he has called us to be, to execute our calling, and our purpose here in this earth. The power of a voice. 
Maybe you lost your voice. Doesn't mean it's over. You can get that voice back. Zechariah did. And you know how he kicked it off? Thank you, Jesus. Praising his God. Oh, you can get your voice back. And you, why don't you just start praising God in the process? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Let's get our voice back in our world. Let's get our voice back here in the church. Are you an influence at the church? A godly influence? Those bus kids? Those Sunday schools? Are you a godly influence? You used to be, but you stepped back. We need to get our voice back. Maybe there's a voice in the home that used to be there. It's not there anymore. You can get it back. You can have it back right here, right now. You've got to want it back. You've got to believe that it's important. This message is real. It's necessary. And it saves lives. Do you believe that? I do. I believe God can make a difference in my home. I believe God can protect my family in this wicked day. Have I lost my voice? Do you have your voice? The power of a voice. Father, we come to you. Lord, we're thankful for the examples that are given in Scripture to point us in the direction that we ought to go. Lord, I pray right now, as a church, with no individual in mind, Lord, we as a church family, we need to get our voice back in our community, in our country, starting right there in our homes. Lord, that we would be the homes that we ought to be. Lord, we would be the dads and the moms, the leaders that we need to be. Father, that you would help me in this area. It's easy to stay quiet, to shy away from confrontation. Lord, I want to make a difference in this world in which I live. And I know there's so many others in this room that long for the same thing. I know that there are so many moms and dads that want to please you, that want to raise their children up in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. Father, I pray that we wouldn't lose sight of that. We can get busy and get going, ramming and running. Father, I pray that we would prioritize you and your word in our homes and that we as parents would be the voice, the influence for you that we ought to be. Lord, help us. We need you and do so much. We love you so very much. Bless the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed.